Hi everyone, how you guys doing today? My name is Matt Jarbo. Welcome back to episode number 14 of Milk Carton Mysteries. Today is the 13th of July, 2020, and it's been um it's been a wild weekend. I want to address the episode I put out on Friday. The episode I put out then had everything to do with the Wayfair child trafficking scandal, that whole situation that I debunked uh, is crazy because if you watched the YouTube video of it, uh, you would have seen the comment section is wild. I mean, these are people and I just want to address this before we, we dive into the episode of today, because these are the kind of people that never actually have evidence to support their claims. It's really just like feelings. It's just a lot of feelings that happen to come out in uh, in very weird ways because of course I showcased as much information as I could minus two pieces that I should have put in there but I didn't know about them until after I had finished recording and that is in the first piece that I showed in the uh, the, the episode talking about the Twitter uh, thread that blew up with uh, with Samia and Yuritsa. Both of those girls have come out and been like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. I'm not missing. I'm not, I'm not gone. I'm here. Leave me alone because they were getting dug into because this is just what the internet does. So that right then and of, in and of itself, that discredits the entire thing. But all weekend, it's been nonstop. So if you haven't seen that episode yet, if you haven't listened to that yet, you don't know anything about that. One, consider yourself lucky. Two go back and listen to it because it's it's pretty insane when you really think about what these people are trying to say and then three head on over to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the milk carton in order to let me know your thoughts because i really want to know what you guys have to say about this i really want to know what you guys have to say so you guys got to let me know about that one over on the facebook group which we uh which we're growing uh it's fantastic the podcast this weekend has actually done really well very happy with that thank you guys for all of your continued support as uh, we we go on this journey, 14 episodes in, doing pretty well. Very happy with the results of Milk Carton Mysteries. However, the stories I'm going to be talking about today are not happy. The stories I'm going to be talking about today are tragic, as most things on this podcast are tragic. But they're current and they're fresh. And so the data is coming in as best as we can get it. And of course, I always want to make that abundantly clear things do change. And if they change, I will do my best to update them. So today on Milk Carton Mysteries, we're going to be talking about Mark Angelucci, a men's rights lawyer who was mercilessly gunned down in front of his home yesterday. Uh, sorry, Saturday, the 11th of July. We're going to be talking about a mother of a three-year-old who was gunned down after saying all lives matter to a group of Black Lives Matter protests. That story we're going to be talking about and we're also going to be talking about Alexander O'Grady, the 30-year-old Nova Scotia man who has been accused of attempted murder and is somehow still walking free in Canada. And that story itself is crazy because of what's kind of come up. And we're going to talk about that and more here on the show. So without further ado, let's jump in to episode 14 of Milk Carton Mysteries. So let's talk about Mark Angelucci. This is a tragic story. This impacted friends of mine directly. 
They're very upset here. Men's rights activist attorney shot and killed outside of his home in San Bernardino County. Let's learn more here. An attorney who rose to prominence in the men's rights movement was shot and killed at his mountain home on Saturday, according to the San Bernardino County Sheriff's Department. Detectives are investigating the death of 52-year-old Mark Angelucci as a homicide. County deputies responded to reports of a shooting around 4 p.m. on Saturday and the Glenwood Drive in Cedar Pines Park, an unincorporated mountain community northwest of Crestline. They found Angelucci, uh, Angelucci responsive and suffering from apparent gunshot wounds, according to a press release, and he unfortunately died at the scene. Now, I just quickly want to address one thing. A lot of the people here that are listening to this podcast-wise are women the vast majority of which, demographically speaking, are women. And you may not know about this guy, the work he's done in the men's rights movement, or you may not know much about the men's rights movement. And I implore you to do some research into this. Um, I know a lot of these people personally. I've met them over the years. A lot of them, I haven't met Mark, but I've met other people involved in the movement, and they're very nice and very kind, and they are not what they get painted to be by the media. And since oftentimes the media controls the narrative, social media controls the narrative. This is a situation of which I think would be good to um, withhold judgment until we know more. Now, Angelucci was the vice president and board member of the National Coalition for Men. He was a longtime president of the group's L.A. chapter, which he founded. The National Coalition for Men issued a statement and they said this, Mark was an unbelievably generous man living on a shoestring despite some personal health challenges so he could donate many millions of dollars of his time to mostly voluntary legal work on behalf of men's rights and genuine gender equality that is so badly needed in this country and this world. Now, the group which has said that Angelucci was killed at his home said Angelucci had recently won an equal protection case against the Selective Service Administration overturning the male-only draft registration. He previously won a case in California v. Woods Horton that it was that held it was unconstitutional to exclude male victims of domestic violence from state funding for victim services. And I think that everyone who's a victim of domestic violence should be able to qualify for, uh, for help. They need it. Now, this is where it gets a little bit weird because I uh, I couldn't find any more information about this. So I went digging a little bit and I came across this article here from We Are The News. Now, if you look, if you're if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see it if you're listening to this on the podcast, uh, the tags here are MAGA and WWG1WGA, which is basically the tag for QAnon. As I mentioned earlier in the podcast, dealing with them on the Wayfair incident. Yeah. They're a little bit out there, but this is uh, what they're writing about. They're saying continuing dig on Mark Angelucci, lawyer who was working on a big lawsuit against CPS in California. Now, we can already kind of see what this is alluding to, because it goes on to say that the lawyer working on the big lawsuit against CPS in California was shot and murdered last night at his home. Mark Angelucci, they shot and killed him last night. High profile lawyer, men's and father's rights advocate. He was just about to win a huge case in Mariposa County that had been going on for years in the Red Pill movie. What did they silence him over CPS lawsuit or 
existing receivership laws counties can sell and dispose of property without a trial. So we can already see the conspiracy theories here about why he was killed. We can already see that this is becoming a narrative within some groups of people. Uh, and I have a feeling as news breaks wide of this during the week, it's going to get, well, his death is not going to be received well in regards to sympathy by some people out there. And that's unfortunate. That is just part of the nastiness that is social media, the nastiness that is cancel culture. But I'm not going to lie. Part of me looking at the data that's available, which isn't much, does make me question if he had any enemies. And I went looking to see if he had any enemies and I couldn't find any. But what I kept finding is wonderful tributes to Mark Angelucci. The, the image on the screen here, if you're watching on YouTube, is from the Red Pill premiere. And the woman in the photo is Cassie J, the filmmaker. I've known Cassie for quite some time, and she's a genuine, loving person. And she spoke very highly of Mark. And she spoke very deeply about their friendship uh, in a very emotional post tonight about his passing. And so uh, I just wanted to cover this story to shed whatever light I could on whatever platform I have in hopes that someone who knows something will say something and we can figure out uh, who killed this man and why they killed this man and bring some justice to the death of someone who spent his career seeking justice and equality. And I hope we can get there. And I hope if you know something, you will contact the local authorities in San Bernardino and say something. So let's talk about this um, situation coming out of Indianapolis. And this is a, a, a crazy story. A young mother, 24 years old, shot dead in front of her fiance after saying all lives matter during an argument with Black Lives Matter supporters. And this is the headline that's going around. This is what's being talked about. This is what's being circulated in a number of Facebook groups. And of course, we can already see the political divide happening here. We can already see, you can probably already guess where this is going to go, at least in social commentary. And the, the takes off of the story are going to be quite fascinating. So let's dive in. So according to the Daily Mail here, a young Indiana mother was shot dead in front of her fiance after she reportedly told the group of Black Lives Matter supporters, all lives matter over the 4th of July weekend. Jessica Dodie Whitaker, 24 years old, was taking a stroll with her fiance, Jose Ramirez, and two others near the Indianapolis Canal Walk at about 3 a.m. on July 5th. Now, this has been called into question by a number of commenters I've seen online. Uh, who goes for strolls at three o'clock in the morning? I do. I've done it multiple times. I know a lot of people that I, I'm a night owl. I, I, I'm, I'm up. I like to be out at three o'clock in the morning if, if, if I can. I just prefer it. So I think that's kind of dumb. But Ramirez says here that the four of them were hanging out when one of them used a slur, a slur uh, or a slang version of the N word according to uh, reports. Now, they don't say who made the comment. They don't say who said the N-word. They just say one of them used the N-word. You had uh, Jessica, you had Jose, you had their two friends. We don't know who it is, and they're not saying who it is, which I do think that is fascinating because the way I view that is 
I get it. Like you want people, you want justice for the situation. You don't want people to think that this happened as a result of that. Um, but they are still very much trying to protect. And that to me is interesting. I have no thoughts on it one way or another. I'm not assigning blame or judgment. I just, I'm saying it's interesting. Uh, now it goes on to say that a group of people nearby reportedly comprised of four men and one woman objected to hearing the phrase and a confrontation ensued between the two sets of strangers. Yeah. You think at three o'clock in the morning, walking around Indianapolis, someone yells out the N word next to a group of black lives matter protesters that they're going to take it lightly. No, but during the argument, the offended individuals reportedly shouted black lives matter to which case Either Whitaker or somebody else responded with all lives matter. Now it's been proved. It's been confirmed by Jessica's father that she's the one who said all lives matter. Uh, he says it gets, says that they confirmed it to the daily wire, which is a very right wing publication. So take that for what you will in regards to their framing of the article. Now Ramirez then says both groups brandished guns at each other, but eventually talked through the issues fist bumped and then walked away from each other. So you've got racial tension, three o'clock in the morning, downtown Indianapolis, guns are drawn, similar size groups, and they talk through their problems. They fist bump and they walk away. Okay. I'm not too sure how much of that I buy at this particular moment in time. It seems a little bit too perfect of a scenario. If I'm being honest with you. Now, I don't have an answer to what happened. I can only read these articles, look at these statements and come to my own determination. But it does feel like Ramirez is trying to downplay what could have potentially happened that night. And until we get a story from the other group of people, he's the only one we've got. So we have to give it the benefit of the doubt. And I'm and I am giving it the benefit of the doubt. All I'm saying is certain things sound a bit suspicious. Now, Ramirez says that it was squashed. And they went up the hill and left, we thought, but we were sitting on St. Clair waiting for us to come under the, oh, but they were sitting on St. Clair, which uh, I think is a bridge, waiting for us to come under the bridge. And that's when she got shot. Now, Ramirez told the news that he had his arms around Whitaker when she was fatally struck, saying I was actually holding her when it happened. She just fell. He admits that he opened fire back on the subjects. But it was just a reaction. So they shot from up above three o'clock in the morning. Can't see it's nighttime. He returned fire saying, I didn't see nobody. I didn't. Hopefully I didn't hit nobody. Of course not, because then he would go to jail, too. And he's admitting that he that he opened fire, which means he told the police this. Uh, Whitaker was rushed to a local hospital where she succumbed to her injuries and was pronounced dead. And that is tragic. That is really tragic. She's a 24-year-old mom of a three-year-old. And, and this kid right now is absolutely like questioning. He doesn't understand where his mom went. He doesn't understand what happened. And, and I, have a, I have almost a three-year-old, you know? And, I, and so for me as a dad, I'm just like, yeah, man, that's like, how, how would you explain it? How would you talk to them about it? How would they know? I have no idea. So I sympathize and I empathize with Jose Ramirez on that one completely, 100%. So 
this situation happened a little over a week ago. A lot of, uh, a lot has happened in the meantime, but they have put together a GoFundMe uh, to cover expenses as well as to help out. Uh, so the GoFundMe right now is sitting at $56,113 uh, that's raised of a staggering $100 million goal. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, let's find out why though. So, uh, this is what it says. Jessica was a wonderful mother, sister, daughter, fiance, friend, and cousin and coworker loved by many and will surely be missed by many. She made sure everyone around her was happy before she was. She does not deserve this. She has passed away on July 5th, 2020, around 3.30 a.m., she was walking the downtown canals with her fiance, a friend and his girlfriend, and was shot. We are asking for you to donate whatever you can to help our family give her the most beautiful service she deserves, also to help with the beautiful son she left behind that was her pride and joy. We love you, Jesse. We are thankful. Jose Ramirez will be putting the money into a savings account for Grayson. If you have any questions, please contact me. And I mean, look, that's 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 great. You know, I'm, I'm all for trying to help out and $56,000 will go a long way for a funeral as well as giving Grayson a, a little bit of a nest egg and looking at him, he's a cute kid and you can tell she loved him dearly. You know, census gun violence guys is, is it happens way more than I think a lot of us like to realize, obviously in the situation, I think that there is more being left out than what's being said. I have a feeling that will all come to light. Uh, as this goes on, but that part of the city is, is somewhat dangerous. Just last week, there was a, a 14 year old boy shot and killed, uh, in that same exact spot. And the authorities are trying to say, oh, it's still safe to go down there. Well, I have to question as not only a person, but a parent, a father of a little, of two little girls, whether it would be safe to take them there or not. And, uh, I, I don't know, but I hope but I hope that there is some justice on this. Again, if you know anything about it uh, or want to just express your thoughts about it, head over to facebook.com forward slash the milk carton and let me know. So finally, guys, let's talk about this story coming out of Nova Scotia that happened the other day. Uh, this one caught my attention in one of the Facebook groups that I am in. And uh, it's weird because it, it just, it's not that it's, it's weird. It just feels kind of weird to me. Now, police accuse a Nova Scotia man of dragging a woman to river and choking her. Uh, if you're watching the YouTube video, you can see here, uh, this is the guy. The woman that he's in the picture with is not the woman who was attacked, which is why I uh, covered up her eyes to protect her identity. And this is the only known image of this guy that I can get my hands on. I'll talk about that. Uh, so it says here, police in Nova Scotia have accused a 30-year-old man of grabbing a woman in a campground, dragging her to a river, and holding her head under the water. The Royal Canadian Mounted Police in Annapolis uh, say that the alleged attack happened on Sunday night on Highway 1 in Granville Ferry. This, of course, is right around the 4th of July weekend. Uh, police say that the woman was rescued by a number of people who intervened and was taken to a hospital to be treated for moderate injuries. And Alexander Jacob O'Grady of Bedford, Nova Scotia, has been charged with attempted murder, assault causing bodily harm, choking or strangling while committing an assault, 
and overcoming resistance by suffocating. And he's scheduled to appear in court this last Tuesday, of which there's been absolutely, by the way, there's been no update on it that I can find. There's no information about just who Alexander Jacob O'Grady of Bedford, Nova Scotia is. There's nothing. Nothing. The police have given very little, but the witnesses have talked and they actually gave a better account of what happened. So members of the group of bystanders that saved a woman from the attacker holding her head under the water at an Annapolis County campground are shaken after the traumatic event, but grateful to have been at the right place at a very crucial time. A spokesperson for the group who wishes to remain anonymous for reasons of personal safety, which is really weird. I get it, but that's really weird said that they were enjoying a Sunday evening campfire when they started hearing an unfamiliar sound in the distance. One of them said here, we heard something through the woods close by. It sounded like a holler or a scream. At first, they could see no obvious cause for concern at the Annapolis Valley campground that they regularly visit for a peaceful getaway. But the anonymous source said that some younger members of the group with a better view of the water were first to spot the assault and call out for help saying we ran down. It was quite bizarre. They could see what appeared to be a man trying to drown a woman in a nearby body of water, and they rushed in to intervene. I just can't get it out of my mind, the source says. Now the group split up, with some helping the victim to safety, and others encircling the man, now charged in relation with the violent attack. This would be Alex O'Grady. We basically surrounded him, a few of us, and very verbally told him, Lay on the ground, and if he moves, it wouldn't be good for him. Now, I want to I, I want to interpret that in like whatever the meanest Canadian verbiage would be in that moment in time, because you could, yeah, you know, I mean, you know, they're they're saying it very Canadian, like. So I really wonder, was it a whole bunch of like, you know, very polite swear words? Now, the group called 911 and detained the man without incident until the RCMP arrived on scene. The source goes on to say, it was surreal. It really was. We were camping, having a great weekend. I had seen these two people walking by earlier in the weekend. They seemed fine. All members of the group feel they did what they what they had to, and they hope anyone else would have done in their situation. Some of us are still a bit traumatized by it, says the source. I'm so thankful that we were all there the extra night of camping, because if we weren't, then no one would have been there for her. And the thing is, that's absolutely true. If they were not there that extra night when Alex O'Grady allegedly drugged this woman, whoever she is, uh, she hasn't been identified down to the lake to drown her. It's most likely that she wouldn't have survived, but this is where things get a bit fascinating. So apparently the woman who he, who was attacked uh, posted about this on Facebook. So if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll be able to see this. If not, just kind of imagine it. So I've, I've blurred out her information uh, as a way to protect her identity. And uh, so this is what she says. This man who attacked me gets to go to work and act like nothing happened while I'm off work due to stating I didn't want to be in a relationship and being physically attacked knocked unconscious and drugged to the water and held under until some brave person saved me. 
He's a predator. He works at Dalhousie University. He's a danger around women. If he can do this to me in broad daylight, what is he really capable of? I know he's capable of murder. His name is Alex O'Grady. And the photos associated with this showcase more than what appears to be moderate injuries as reported by the news. A lot of scrapes, a lot of bruises, a lot of discoloration in her face. I mean, this is clearly um, not a good situation. And again, the only image I can find is this image that you see uh, on the screen here. And the reason why is because his uh, Instagram account has been, in fact, shut down. But people were talking about this who live in Nova Scotia. And I happened to come across a conversation on Facebook between two of them, a woman named Lacey and a woman named Amber. Now, I blurred out their information again for their identity, but I left their first names for uh, identification, at least for the conversation. So Lacey says, not the first time I've heard of him doing this shit. Why he's still allowed to be in public is beyond me. Amber responds back with Lacey. Really? Wow, that's fucked. Lacey. Amber, your girl, hubby said he was the one breaking into dorm rooms and raping people a few years back. Amber, Lacey, seriously? That's fucked up. Amber, or Lacey, I know, right? So what we know in this point, and that's really about it, is just like, they're making this, this that's a bold claim that allegedly uh, back at the dorm rooms, he broke in and he had assaulted somebody. And I don't know how true that is. I don't know if there's no other information I could find on this guy, period. No Facebook, no Twitter. His Instagram is gone. Uh, no other information uh, from anyone that I can find. But people who went to school with him were commenting in this thread. And they had all made very similar comments about him in regards to, well, how he looks and everything else. So that is something that, uh, that you know, really is something to pay attention to. It's like people out there, they know who this guy is. He's been a problem for years, but apparently in this situation, he had gone to the woman in question, the victim, and maybe got to know her, maybe talked her up. Maybe she smiled at him. Maybe he disinterpreted it the wrong way. Asked her, do you want to be my girlfriend? She says no. And he snapped and he knocked her unconscious and he drug her to a lake and he was going to suffocate her and drown her until people came by and rescued her. And that's crazy and very, very, very lucky. And so as just a third party bystander talking about these situations, as I come across them, I am thankful for the people who were there. And I'm thankful that this woman is alive. And I hope that this guy gets off the streets because if he's done these sort of things before he is a problem and why he's still out there. I have no idea, but maybe now society would be a little bit safer, but if, uh, if she's to be believed, he isn't locked up. He is out and still walking around. And that's even worse in my opinion, but as always, I want to hear your thoughts. I want to hear your opinions. Let me know down uh, on facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the milk carton. Thank you very much. All right, gang, that actually wraps up tonight's episode of Milk Carton Mysteries. Episode 14 in the can. Not too bad, not too shabby. Uh, these stories are crazy. I really feel bad for uh, the friends and family of Mark Angelucci. 
Hopefully they'll be able to get some closure on that very soon. Someone will come forward. Uh, obviously the death of Gen um, of uh, the Whitaker woman in uh, Indianapolis is definitely something that is tragic and I hope she gets uh, justice as well. Um, even though, again, I do feel the situation is probably a bit uh, wonky to some extent. And then this, uh, I'm very glad that this woman is alive after strangers intervened to save her from someone who was effectively, who was drowning her in a river. Let's just be fair, guys. The world is messed up. The world is a crazy place. The world does all of these things that we already know all the time. But at least right now, we can talk about it. We can discuss it. We can get in on the action. We can, we can, we can figure these things out together. So if you have a story you want me to cover, be sure to head on over to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the milk carton. Uh, follow me on Twitter at mjarbo. And check us out on uh, on anywhere podcasts are found or anchor.fm forward slash mysteries. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow for another episode. Have yourself a great day and peace out.